Welcome to the Naked Truth Podcast, where we choose to live as our truest selves over picture-perfect lives. No filters, no effects, just just us. Seeking Eden is a nonprofit organization committed to creating biblical resources designed to help people get unstuck so that they can confidently and consistently move forward with God. One resource of Seeking Eden is this podcast, The Naked Truth, dedicated to getting real about common topics that make us feel stuck. While our resources are available to anyone, through your generous donations, we are able to make the studies available to those who live in rural and low-income areas. To learn more about our work, locally and globally, visit us at SeekingEden.org. Welcome back to the Naked Truth Podcast. I'm Michelle Torbor. And I'm Mary Beth Poor. We are glad to be back with you. A couple of weeks ago, we released our first podcast. We were really excited about it. It was great. We were a little nervous and um, got some constructive feedback. So we are happy to be on to number two. And each time we end our podcast, we're going to end with action steps that we hope you'll consider or questions that we hope you'll think through. And so the three questions that we ended on last time were, what do you hide behind? I know for me, many times I hide behind a fear of man, a fear of what someone's going to think, people-pleasing tendencies. What do you hide behind? The second question is, who can you be emotionally naked with? Someone you can be your truest self with. You can be genuine, authentic. You don't have to give a lot of disclaimers before or after you spend time with them. And then the last question is, do you allow people to be emotionally naked with you? So we want someone to allow us to be our truest self, but do we allow at least one person to be authentic with us? I actually spent some time thinking through those questions after our last podcast, and so it was good to ponder. Um, But we would love to hear your comments. What are you thinking? What are those answers for you? If you're using the Anchor app, you can do this by using the button on the bottom of the page. Um, Hit that, record an audio message, and it will come straight to us. We might even play that on our future podcast. So we would love to hear from you. In addition to our podcast, we have a blog, and our blog is called Word, and what we do is every couple of weeks, we take one word from Scripture, and we look at it at the different ways it's used in Scripture, what it means, and then we create a truth statement around that word based on the meaning. So a couple of weeks ago, Michelle and I were looking at the verse in the New Testament book of Philippians, chapter 4, verse 8. That says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And the word that jumped out to us from that verse was the word true. And so that's what we sat with for a little bit. Yeah. So after sitting with that, what we did was we broke it down and we found out in the different verses that it's used, its meaning um, just covered a few different things. And so we use that to create a truth statement. So truth statements, I use those almost every day in my counseling practice. So people come in with their different thoughts and negative thoughts. And the way we try to fight that is through the use of truth statements, speaking truth directly to lies or negative thoughts in our minds. And so the word true, what we found was it can mean these four things. We made four statements. People will fail me, but I can count on God. I can't rely on the nature of my shifting emotions, but I can depend on God. God is the real deal. He never changes. When I doubt, I will ask God for help and ask others to remind me that he can be trusted. 
And so it's easy to say that, but what does it really look like? How does that manifest itself in our lives? So when we come back, we'll talk more about that. From that truth statement, the line that is the hardest for me to live by every day in my life is that I can't rely on the nature of my shifting emotions, but I can depend on God. So I'm just going to confess, and I wonder if anybody else out there feels this way, that I often feel ruled by my emotions. So when I go to bed at night or I wake up the next day, I feel like I'm going to respond differently. I'm going to do things differently. And then sometimes when I lean over to turn my alarm off on my phone and I flip it over, I might see a text or an email that just sends my brain into a tailspin. And when I feel that way, I guess the best way I can describe it is that it feels like my mind and my emotions are just off and running. Mm -hmm. And the picture of that is once it's off and running on its own, it's like that is going to set the course for the rest of my day. And many times I have felt a sense of helplessness around that. And so when I read, but I can depend on God, for me, I had to establish a practice and I'm, I still work on this each day to start my day off different instead of turning that phone over and looking at it. I'm trying to get better about grabbing my journal. Now I got to confess something. I have, I was not a journaler for many years. I, I, I bought a journal in 2003 and I said I was going to write it every single day. And I did not finish the journal until 2015. <laughs> so journaling was not a habit mm -hmm. that I enjoyed. But the reason I started journaling is because I decided to start writing down my prayers. Because in the same way that my mind will kick into gear when I read something, if I am focused on writing out my prayers, it allows me to stay engaged with talking to God. Because if I'm just praying kind of out loud, sometimes I'll be like, God, I just pray that today I am, and then I'm, I need to pick up that laundry. I'm going to go get lunch with right, so-and-so. Right. But when I write it down, it allows me to stay engaged and and to stay connected. And, and it's not pretty and it's not fancy, but it really does keep my mind and brain mm -hmm. contained and it sets the course for the rest of my day differently. Yeah. You know, what we've talked about is that to, to practice a truth statement, right? Mm -hmm. Like saying it is one thing. Living it out is very different. Mm -hmm. So you can go to bed. I do the same thing. I go to bed with a plan in mind about how tomorrow is going to be different. And then lo and behold, right, tomorrow comes and somebody says something, something happens. You know, I was dealing with something last week where, I mean, it just didn't make sense. Mm -hmm. And it is the only thing that I could think about. Like that is the thing that I was focusing on okay. and it was taking me all different ways that was not based in truth. Right? right. So it's very easy to say that we're going to do that thing. It's not as easy to actually do it. Um, also what you, some things that you said brought to mind was the intentionality that it takes to do what it takes for you to counter the way that the negative thoughts or the emails or the text messages send you into that tailspin. Mm -hmm. Right. I got to be real clear about, um, the direction I want to go in, or I will just take whatever ride comes for me. You know what I mean? It's like an Uber, <laughs> right? Like we order the Uber to take us to a specific place. We don't just hop in any car that just pulls up in front of Isn't us. That, but yeah. that's how we do our thoughts. I know that is how, you know, I am, oh my gosh, so guilty of um, just going with the thoughts that come to my mind. But I too, like you said, I have, um, I have to practice writing down my prayers because, ooh, 
these, I mean, I will be all over the place in my thoughts. So and do you feel a difference on the days that you don't get to do that? Absolutely. Because I, now that I'm engaged in that practice, when I am running late, which I often <laughs> am, but I'm working on it, I find that when I don't start my day that way, it really does lead to a sense of helplessness yeah. and I end up reacting to things mm-hmm. instead of being on a firm foundation and depending on God to set the course of my day different. Yeah, no, it totally feels different. Um, you know, what I've also found is that I have to, in that, remind myself at the beginning of the day that I might not get all of this right. Mm-hmm. So that then the feelings of guilt and shame don't then take over and put me in a different tailspin. You know what I mean? Like, I do. It's I just... do. And that's why we get to depend on God. Because mm-hmm. if we will stay connected to Him, then we He will allow us, He will help us to respond differently. And so we want to hear what you think about it. In addition to making comments on our podcast, also consider joining our Seeking Eden Facebook group where we have conversations about things. But don't go away because we'll be right back to hear more about what Shell deals with in regards to this truth statement. You shared about one of your struggles being the way that your emotions can rule you. And I certainly agree and experience that myself. I would say, you know, the thing that caught me um, or caught my attention the most from this truth statement was the first line. People will fail me, but I can count on God. So we've both talked about this. Uh, We're people pleasers, right? And I cannot remember a time when I was not, um, I've shifted in that some, I think, in, you know, to be a little healthier, but it is still a thing that pulls at me. And so even in my childhood, I can remember um, adults not valuing what I had to say. Like, I remember it really clearly. And I remember how I responded. Anger. Like, I was just an angry child who, if I felt disrespected or not valued, really was at the core of it. If I didn't feel valued, like I would react in anger, right? Even in my adulthood, I see the same tendencies. Uh, when I find that people are failing me by not valuing me, or at least that's how I perceive it, um, I react in anger. And so what I have found, um, you know, in my adulthood, trying to do some work around this anger, um, I read this book, um, uh, And I can't think of what it's called right now. Um, But it was focusing on anger. And it said anger comes from three things. Um, When our worth is challenged, so people aren't seeing our worth. When our needs aren't being met. Or when our convictions aren't being Mm -hmm. upheld. Um, It is our internal self saying, that is not okay. Uh All right. So there is a need for anger, if you will. But we cannot, just like our emotions, we cannot let it rule us. And I have a tendency when I feel, you know, like my worth isn't being upheld, that I do let my anger (laughs) rule me. So that's something that I have to put in check. But this really, like I have come back to this time and time and time and time again. People will fail me, but I can count on God. Knowing that what they say or what they're doing doesn't really get to make a statement about who I am. My anger is responding, right, to this inclination that what they're saying, what they're doing actually does get to say something about me. But in actuality, it does not, right? So I can rely on the fact that people will fail me because... We are human and I will fail other people, right? Mm -hmm. But I can count on God. I know what God says about me. I know the truth about myself because of the truth that God has told me about myself. And when I rely on those things, I don't feel such a uh, a pull to defend myself 
through measures of anger. Yeah, I love that. And I think the book that you are talking about was Anger by Les Carter and Frank Minier. Yes, yes. And so that is a phenomenal resource, by the way, if anybody out there is called the Anger Workbook. And they also have one called Choosing to Forgive. But something you said that you reached this point because of not feeling valued as a child, for me, it's putting people on a pedestal Mm. where they never ask to be and where they don't belong. And so when I put someone on a pedestal, that's what happened to me all my life. Then when something happens, I react to it sometimes irrationally or over emotionally. And so I feel like that, that navigating that, having God in that space and not people allows me to not put expectations on people that only belong to God. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. The hard part is living this out in the moment, right? Mm -hmm. Like this is easy when I am in my quiet time and praying, like we were talking about, I can see and know this stuff pretty clearly, but it's in the moment when somebody says or does something that makes me feel like they aren't valuing me. I don't really, you know, feel like I have a whole lot of self-control in the moment to say, okay, what they are saying is not true. I can count on God. I know what God says about me. It's hard to like bring up those things um, in the moment. So what do you think about that? What do we do in the moment? Sometimes in the moment I have to stop and just either, you know, pray or, or, or say to myself, I have to do some self-talk around that. And if I can't do some self-talk in that moment to to say something true, then I might ask for help Mm -hmm. on that for God to remind me of something true. And then, you know what? A lot of times I just blow it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The truth is I sometimes don't know what to do in that moment. Mm -hmm. And I walk away or I respond irrationally or incorrectly. And then I get myself into a mess. But eventually I will get back to the point where I'm like, but God is going to help me get out of that mess Mm -hmm. if I keep coming back to him. Yeah. And another thing, you know, I've been, we've, we have two of these blogs now. So two truth statements that I've been trying to just say over and over and over again, just in general, do it in the morning, in the afternoon, at the night, um, just so that it can be almost in me, like download it so that I can bring it up when I need to. We'll be back to talk a little bit more. So like we've said, these things are much easier said than done. So how do we put all of this together? And what we've come up with is some questions to consider. The first question to ask yourself is, what triggers you to get off course emotionally? And I confess that many times when I roll over and turn off my alarm, I'll start looking at things on my phone and something I might see or read will set me off before I can even get my day started. Mm-hmm. And for me, it might be replaying what someone has said over and over in my head. That is definitely a trigger for me. Okay, so that's a question to ask yourself. The second one is, what one pattern can you start tomorrow that will help you? And I shared that I have begun the pattern of writing down my prayers. And I do that in the morning. I will say this too, I've given the suggestion to someone and they didn't really like to write, so they would type out their prayers and then just delete it at the end because they didn't want anybody to read it, which I get. (laughs) I've struggled with that too, but just a way to keep your mind focused. And I, I used to roll my eyes when people would say you have to do things in the morning because I'm not really a morning person, but I will say that doing that pattern in the morning does set my day on a different course in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. And it's for everybody to find that thing that works for them and changes the course of their day. Yes. Um, I mentioned that I like to repeat 
truth statements to myself throughout the day. So for me, it's too late by the time I'm in a situation. So I need to be downloading this information into my spirit, if you will, all day long. So I literally have a note card in my car. When I get in my car, I read it. When I'm stopped at a light, I read it. I have it in my phone, some of these statements. So just reading it, repeating it as much as possible. Good call. Okay, and the last question, who pushes your button? We got to identify who these people are and why it is. For me, um, you know, I have to be careful of those people that I want to value me because the truth is I can't control them. And so I can't rely on what they say or how they make me feel. The fact is I am valued by God. And so no matter what, it is my responsibility to look to him for my value and not others. That's right. And for me, I have to identify when I have someone on a pedestal and I'm putting expectations on them that only belong to God, which means I am either trying to make someone read my mind or be perfect and they can't handle that. Mm -hmm. That belongs only to God. But if I don't have him as the focus and as the center, I'm gonna put expectations on someone and I'm gonna put them up on a pedestal and I'm gonna get myself into a hot mess. Mm -hmm. So basically what we've talked about today is we are a hot mess. <laughs> yes, and we know it and we're not <laughs> and afraid to say it. Exactly, exactly. So thank you so much for listening. Um, again, we would love to hear from you and what you are going through and what you think about this. You can message us on the Anchor app um, that is an audio message that will come straight to us. We would love to hear from you. You can check us out on the Seeking Eden Facebook group. Um, add your comments there and check us out on SeekingEden.org. There's a contact link there as well. We believe in you and we're praying for you and Absolutely. we get it. Mm -hmm. See you next time.